There's a lot of talk about, well, free speech or, well, the president believed this. The president believed that he did win, and you can't indict him on something he believed. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Let's get it on 812 on Wisconsin's Morning News. This Wednesday morning, we still don't know whether President Donald Trump, former president, is going to appear in person as uh, he is due in federal court tomorrow on the most recent federal indictments. He could appear virtually. Is that right, E? That's true, yes. But if you know the former president at all, you would expect him to appear in person. In fact, the more this former president has been prosecuted, the higher his poll numbers have continued to climb. So you would expect the former president to use it as an opportunity to be out there, to be the face of the persecution, which he claims is being levied upon him. Three indictments and another one still coming from Georgia in the next few weeks or months. Okay, so where to start in this? Reading through the indictment, um, we can get into the Wisconsin connection a little bit. Of course, don't forget, uh, throughout all of this, there were Wisconsin, uh, quote-unquote, fake electors, um, that that's the word, by the way, that some of the co-conspirators actually used fake electors, according to the indictment, the uh, people themselves who were involved, because we've debated on this show and I've, I've tried to push this. There's a difference between what some in our state have identified themselves as an alternate slate of electors. Right. Right. As opposed to fake electors. And, yeah. and the language used in the indictment was people who were involved were actually using the word yeah. fake electors. So the co-conspirators, so these are like the Rudy Giuliani's and whatnot. Their names are not in the indictment, but we all know who's which one is which. I mean, just if you piece together and you put two and two together, you know who the co-conspirators are. And uh, basically what they were trying to do, one of the many things that they were trying to do was, okay, let's, one option we have is let's have the vice president on January 6th overturn it, and he can say, hey, look, I already got the electors because of the Trump stuff, so here they are from Wisconsin, from Michigan, and these five other states, so seven states total. Almost as if it were a matter of choice for the vice president. Correct. Which slate of electors he would choose right. to, to ratify or to confirm, and that was something that the vice president's office from the get-go said, I don't have that authority. The indictment going methodically, state by state, accusing Trump and his unnamed co-conspirators of creating so-called fake electors in seven states, of trying to compel the Justice Department to conduct sham election crime investigations, of pressuring Vice President Pence to reject legitimate electoral votes on January 6th, and ultimately sending his supporters to the Capitol to obstruct the certification proceeding and exert pressure on the Vice President. Indictment goes into great detail thanks to... uh very detailed notes from the former vice president. The indictment even brings that up multiple times that the VP at the time took a lot of notes during this all of these conversations. Here's what he said. Here's what he wanted to do. And they, they were pushing him to do this. Of course, the vice president ultimately did not. And uh, we saw what happened on January 6th. Now, what we know is that there are these uh, these electors here in Wisconsin, and there's some text back and forth and some testimony from some of them that indicates that they were a little skeptical at some of this, and also that they believe that they were doing it perhaps as a potential legal way to say, okay, if there is a challenge that is successful, we might be able to use these electors rather than 
the ones for Biden. And believe, believe it or, or don't believe it, but their public line has it's, been right. Okay, there are court challenges. There are a number of questions that are left unanswered, at least as right. far as we're concerned, about whether or not this election was legitimate in the event that somehow it were determined it was not. These are the electors whom we would submit if it were decided that Wisconsin went for Trump instead of Biden. Yeah, they claim they're That's only doing law. this in the case of legal challenges, yada, yada, yada. So the president, according to the indictment, contacted Senator Ron Johnson. Now, they don't use Senator Johnson's name in it, but again, putting two and two together from what we've already heard, we know that it was contacting Ron Johnson to ask him to hand deliver documents to the vice president at the time, Mike Pence. Now, the you all remember what happened with this situation. This is the one where uh, those documents from Michigan and from Wisconsin ended up at the senator's office. Staffer texted the former VP's office and said, hey, uh, we got some things here we need to give to the, the VP. Well, what do you have? Well, we have these fake elector stuff. And the response was, <laughs> we're not doing that today. It was, do not give that to him. Yeah, I do not give direct that to quote, him. Do yeah. not give that to him. So uh, it goes into great detail again in the indictment over the back and forth from the uh, some of the co-conspirators and from the president uh, with Vice President Mike Pence. Um, there's a lot of talk about, well, free speech or, well, the president believed this. The president believed that he did win and you can't indict him on something he believed. Well, the indictment cites multiple instances where Trump was informed that his claims were false where he discusses his claims being false with the vice president, with the director of national intelligence, with senior members of the DOJ that were appointed by the president at the time, the Department of Homeland Security, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, who, by the way, its existence was signed into law by Trump, his own staffers, state lawmakers, as well as state and federal courts. So there are a lot of people like they talk to a lot of people um, the circle is very large here. The amount of testimony that they went through and combed through in this indictment, it's really rather remarkable. Um, and it's actually not that long of a, I, I, I want to, I'm guessing on the page length, it's probably 20 some pages. Well, the special that. prosecutor literally encouraged every American to read yeah, the document yep, right. that is now public. He said, everyone should read this. So where does it go from here? Well, he may or may not be in court tomorrow. The judge it was appointed by Obama, and interestingly enough, the judge has ruled against Trump in a separate January 6th case. In that ruling, she wrote, presidents are not kings, and plaintiffs is not a president in this case. Um, she was part of uh, many um, January 6th riders sentences. A little bit more from that. The judge who will oversee Trump's case has already given out some of the toughest sentences against the January 6 rioters. Judge Tanya Chutkin was nominated by President Obama. She has sentenced at least 38 people connected to the January 6 attack, matching or exceeding prosecutors' recommendations in many of the cases. Speedy trial. Could this happen before the election? There are some that say they doubt that's possible. There's others that think maybe. Uh, one other thing we should point out uh, there's still Georgia out there on the radar. And those would be state charges, correct? Correct, which would mean he would not be able to pardon himself on the Georgia case if he ultimately wins the election next November. And I've heard some conflicting reports of whether if the president, say, were ultimately convicted of one or more of these crimes, could he still continue to run for president? Could he be elected president? And I've heard, I've read some legal opinions that say actually he could, which raises your point, uh, the, the specter of the pardon 
Could he be elected president while doing time or having already been sentenced yeah, and then right. overturn that and pardon himself? Or, or will there be a lawsuit? If he gets the nomination or if it appears he's going to win the nomination, would there be lawsuits from other people in his party, in the Republican Party, or other candidates? For example, some who are running against yes, him. Yes, like a Chris Christie, like a Mike Pence. Would they file a lawsuit saying, no, this person cannot be the nominee because of this, this, and that? So all this continuing to play out. We'll know much more Thursday uh, in Washington as the president is due either virtually or in person in federal court. 820 on Wisconsin's Morning News. I just want to scream hello. I don't know where to jump in because it's so good. 825 on Wisconsin's morning news. Sunny and warm today in your storm team forecast. On our way to a high of 88 degrees. Could see a slight chance of a pop-up shower today. And staying humid through the night. Low temperature only gets down to 69. We'll cool off later in the week with high temperatures only in the 80s Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. A couple things I want to whip through here before we get to the bottom of the hour. First of all, a shout-out to one of our friends and teammates here at Good Karma Brands. Big promotion for Melanie Ricks with your Milwaukee Bucks as we get set to start the new season. Mel, if you go to Bucks games, you've seen her. She's been the sort of, what do they call it, in-game host. Mm -hmm. Yep. And she also hosts Nothing But The Truth on our station just down the hall. Uber talented. Got a crazy amount of talent. So Mel is now going to be the team's new sideline reporter for Bucks games that air on Bally Sports Wisconsin. She will also be the digital reporter for the Bucks in-house content team. And she's done a great job filling in on TV from time to time. She's a pleasure to watch and to listen to and a super cool person. Really excited for yeah, her. Absolutely. And for Bucks fans because she does a good job. Like not just because we know her and we like her. Like she's pretty good at what she does. And she, she adores the Bucks. Yeah. All in. Uh, did you, you? Okay, we were complaining about Northridge the other day. And by we, I mean primarily me. <laughs> Yes, I remember. And the fact that there was a deal to take that property off the hands of the city of Milwaukee and actually do something with it, and the city sort of dumped on the deal, and now the investors pulled out and just said, hey, we're basically even doing you guys a favor. Mm -hmm. You don't want it? Fine. Good luck. Set vacant for 20 years right now, become a magnet for crime and vandalism. So bizarre statement that we received from the Milwaukee Common Council. And there's a person, he's been at the Common Council for a million years, William Arnold, Bill Arnold. He's... One of the jobs that he has at the council, he's not an elected official, he just works there. And aldermen and women, when they have a statement that they want to release or some sort of news release, whatever, they funnel that through Bill, he sends it out to the media list. Right? So whenever you get an email that has his oh, name Bill on it, you're like, okay, one of the aldermen has something to say on a certain matter. Click on that. So this yeah. is the alderwoman for the district that has Northridge in it, uh, Larissa Taylor. This is her statement. The Northridge deal was a deal between private parties, and as a representative of the district... I will continue to look for the best deal possible that will be in the best interest of the district and the city. Eh? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. First of all, who asked for the statement? Like, <laughs> it's just out. Yeah, yeah. Hey, just to let you know, I'm, I represent this district. So was the elder woman part of the conversation then when these two private entities or would not have been? It doesn't appear so. And so this was, was Phoenix going to buy the property from... The company based the company, in China, or yeah, based out of that China. we're trying to get, you know, where the city's trying to take ownership of it, whatever. Yeah. And they were they were going to sidestep the city, do the deal, but they wanted a blessing from the city on what they were going to sure, turn it into course, for right. the zoning and all that. I feel like that was kind of the mayor's deal. I don't know if the council ever officially spoke on that. Nonetheless, like this was I mean, a that's thing. good news. I there guess, were some people. Right? 
I'm still looking for a deal. Okay, good. Okay. Oh, one, one sentence statement. We'll be waiting for the follow-up on that. From uh, Watch my email from Bill Arnold. One other thing I want to mention as we come up on Wisconsin State Fair, you know, people are back full-on to doing stuff. I mean, like, the, the bounce back from COVID is full and in effect. You had a great year for uh, Summerfest, had other really robust attendance at things, and we're coming up on the Wisconsin State Fair, which I think is going to be a blockbuster. Yep. Weather looks good for the start of the fair. That opens tomorrow. EAA in Oshkosh, which just completed its run. Record attendance for EAA, just reporting approximately, approximately, 677,000. There you go. Was their attendance well number. Done. Best ever was 650,000 and that was in 2022. Tons of aircraft, 10,000 aircraft at Whitman Regional Airport in Oshkosh and uh surrounding airports as well. 21,000 aircraft operations, basically takeoffs and landings. They said it's 148 takeoffs and landings per hour at Whitman when the airport is open. So pretty extraordinary run and a blockbuster showing for EAA Air Venture. 829 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight thirty seven on Wisconsin's Morning News. Gotta loosen it up. First pitch tonight, buddy. That's right. So are you ready? Did you do some warming up? I'll be throwing out the first pitch for the Lakeshore Chinooks tonight. It's a 6.35 start time, so first pitch should come about 20 after 6 or thereabouts. Get there early. They play at Capco Park, Moonlight Graham Field there. there it's go. on the Concordia campus, so on the North Shore. It's a nice setting over there. Very honored to have been asked. I guess they got to the bottom of the list. <laughs> I don't know. This guy might come. Considering Nisnansky told us a story about how he was out there doing a live shot and they ran up to him and said, hey, we need We somebody. literally don't have anyone. You're here. <laughs> right. So, yes. But an honor nonetheless. Yeah, that's cool. That's but awesome. it occurred to me yesterday, like, it's been a minute since I've been tossing the ball around. So I employed Pancake to engage in a little soft toss. Greg Pancake Hill produces the program. How did it go? Yeah, it went well. Um, couple, you had to warm up a little bit, but it had some zip behind it once uh, that shoulder was loose. It was good. The gloves were okay. popping. Yeah, it was great. Great so, sound. Good thing to hear. Do you throw beforehand tonight, then? For no? sure. We'll be yeah. some loosen up. Where, in the concourse there? Or? I don't know. Somebody will warm me up, don't you think? You think they have maybe a person? The, they'll put, maybe the fish will put a glove on or whatever. <laughs> Vince, can I just say, as someone who's done this for the loggers before in the past, yeah. uh, you may not get a warm up tonight. Ooh, well, I also had one of those situations where I was doing I was doing a remote there for the station I worked for, and they just walked up to me and said, "You want to throw the first pitch, man?" Like, uh, okay, well, and see, five there you later. go. At least you didn't have all sorts of time to worry about it. Adam Roberts True. from our newsroom there, he's going to join us in our next segment talking about uh, this new thing going on at Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. They've got a new restaurant opening that the guys from KISS are involved yeah, in. Rub some elbows with Gene Simmons. Sticking with baseball, though, we have yes. Brewers play-by-play man Jeff Levering on with us this morning in Brewers so 360. So he joins us every Wednesday at 745 for Brewers 360. He had a very special birthday today. I won't tell you the number, but it's a special one It's a today. milestone birthday today. So we wanted to celebrate. We played this for him. If I could be a host on WTMJ's Wisconsin's Morning News, I think that would really be the pinnacle of my career. <laughs> Chorizo by a link and then oh no well, Mike Rosso gets to wear the cheese set for the first time I was in the pool bare hand attempt throw to first not in time just playing pepper with that one and he almost Willie Mays hazed it 
Oh, about a hundred of these. As he just barges through the radio booth door and goes, "Hi, how about them Cubs?" It's up and down, circular, up and down, circular, around, feeling it, feel the flow. That's exactly what's happening. All facets for the Brewers. Lafferty Daniel. Oh, man, Santa's upset. He's not happy. Sit down, you're rocking the boat, Santa. Come on. Well, now a youngster just came down the steps and gave him a baseball. That guy's at least 65 years old, and he just took a baseball from a kid. And the pitch. Nottingham, look out. Look out, Jeff. Oh, I dropped it. He tried. He turned it. <laughs> He tried. Oh, right in my hands. He had it. Momentarily, he had it. No, I didn't. I had just straight skillet on my hand. <laughs> skillet. Oh, awful. Happiest of birthday to Mr. Jeff Levering. We're traveling. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Bringing in from the WTMJ Newsroom, Adam Roberts, this morning to talk about this new restaurant that's coming to Potawatomi in the Menominee Valley. And this is brought to you by the front man from KISS. Both of them. And Gene and Paul. Gene Gene and Paul, both involved. Yep. So you got an opportunity to go down there for the big dog and pony show. Did you meet the guys? I did. I got to. So when they do these sorts of things, and Sandy Max, WTMJ teammate, to her credit, kind of set me up for this. Okay. So a lot of PR people around, just shuttling them all over the place, because there's a lot of media types that have done this thing before. But you only get a certain amount of time with each of these guys. And with Gene especially, they were hounding him. Everyone trying to get him to say something, do something, do the whole Here, thing. Here, be, be Gene Simmons. Go. Was he wearing the makeup? Uh, no, we were oh. not in makeup. But Pris, the cover band that was playing for them, was in full costume. Uh, so, yeah, I was surrounded by all sorts of media types. And they give you, like, 60 seconds to talk to Gene. And the whole time, he's just, like, singing and dancing. Oh, rock and brew is going to be great. Paul, though, to his credit, was pure professional. Got him to say a lot of great things. In fact, uh, started off a nice, easy softball. Tell me great things about Milwaukee, Paul. Milwaukee has always been dear to us and has always been a staple in our touring. Rock and Brews for us is, is a celebration of rock music, but it's also a celebration of the people who love rock music. And to that point, uh, he, I asked him specifically, you know, what about this place? Because there's 23 of these things all across the country. So you've probably learned there's been some good, there's been some bad. What about it is going to make people want to come to this place? I've always believed that if you please yourself, you're pleasing other people. Rock and Brews is ultimately the kind of place I would want to come. And if it's the kind of place that I would want to come to, it's the place that you're going to want to come to because basically people are all the same. Eh, I'll disagree with that last thing. I think <laughs> they're not all the same. Right? More that makes yes. us unique. So what? it's kind of like a... Like a hard rock cafe type of deal where there's memorabilia and there's stuff and oh, there's music all over the place. Yeah. I mean, this I did a walking tour. Uh, my Twitter handle Adam Roberts MKE, and yeah, I'm all over the place in this thing. There's, I mean, it's not just Kiss, and they made it clear this is not a Kiss restaurant. It's a hard yeah. classic rock. So you've got Aerosmith memorabilia, nice. Bon Jovi. Uh, I searched out for the one and only piece of Rush memorabilia there in the go. whole place. And it wasn't even in the restaurant. A Neil Peart drumstick? No, it was just a wood placard that had the 2112 logo on it. And it was outside the restaurant. They have these two statues of Gene and Paul. You can take your picture with them. <laughs> and then on the side, oh, and then there's just some rust thing over here. Okay. So are we up and operating? 
Uh, so the ribbon cutting was yesterday, and uh, there were the Kiss Army was already there. Like they were trying to get in from the get go. So yeah, people are in there. Uh, interesting note. You know the uh, sports book that they're trying to build, and yeah. uh, they have mm-hmm. the kind of mm-hmm. temporary one right now. Yeah, sort of operational, kiosks. but the whole deal still yet to come. So some of those kiosks are in the Rock and Brews restaurant. So you can not only spend your money on food, you can also waste some of your money on other Don't things. Don't say too. waste. What? Invest. Yes, Come on now. the lucrative world of sports futures <laughs> investing. Oh, sure, of course. And Gene Simmons, most of what he told you was unusable on the air, right? <laughs> yes, I like, made seriously. mention of something he said that I definitely cannot repeat on this air, but yeah. <laughs> Great, thanks, Gene. All right, Adam Roberts from the WTMJ Newsroom. Also from the world of entertainment, do you have the Livo, Lizzo stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear? Yes, I'll pull it up here. So you know Sorry. she's been on my list ever since she, yeah, I know you're not a said, fan. she said mean stuff, made up a bunch of stuff about something that didn't happen to her at Summerfest, so, yeah, a bunch she's... of wild claims that Summerfest did investigate... And never fully came out and said, yeah, we investigated this. But they looked into everything she said, and none of it happened, so she dumped on Milwaukee. Anyway, this now she's in the news again. <laughs> okay. Nothing to do with Milwaukee, but some troubling, concerning issues. Where my girl Lizzo is being sued after allegedly pressuring, weight-shaming, and demoralizing her former dancers. That's according to a new lawsuit filed by three women who say the singer cultivated a toxic work environment on tour and would repeatedly talk down to them and make explicit comments about everything from sex to religion. They say she'd also accuse them of being drunk on stage if they didn't perform up to par. Lizzo, whose real name is Melissa Jefferson, hasn't commented on the suit yet. Monica Ricks, CBS News. Okay, well, there's so there are multiple allegations here. Some of them more benign than others. Sure. What Look, are you drunk? I, 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 I think I've been asked that in this very room. Maybe before. this week. Right. It's your problem, right? If you're running a high high profile performer, this is like the tour of tours and things like yeah, that. Yeah. You expect high performance from your people. Yeah, and it's the entertainment industry. There's going to be some saucy language. So on some levels, it's like, look, if you can't handle, you know, these performers demanding a lot of you and probably being critical in points like come on but there are a number of allegations where this crossed the line concerning stuff into things that she asked people to do put them in sexually compromising positions Mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff like that that gets ugly in a hurry and uh, again we have yet to hear from lizzo on those allegations 849 on wisconsin's morning news WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Dre Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. Getting through today with a high of 88 degrees. We could once again see a chance of a pop-up shower on our way to a high of 90 degrees on Thursday. Hot and humid conditions. Slight chance of a pop-up shower or storm on the first day of Wisconsin State Fair. Fairgrounds open at 10 o'clock now. It used to be 8 o'clock pre-COVID. And that was, you know, boy, for families, that was always a good time. You right? Oh, rustle I love up the kids, early. get them out of the house, get there super early. Ten o'clock's better than it was. I think it was a noon start mm-hmm. for a year or two. It was later. As they were trying to get him. back on track. Yep. Some of that has to do with staffing as well for the vendors, just trying to get people that can serve you so we keep the lines down. Yep. Wisconsin State Fair launching tomorrow, 10 a.m. start time at the fairgrounds. 
Coming up on WTMJ now, you Steve Scafidi, Standy Max are going to spend the first hour of the show getting into the indictment of former President Donald Trump. They're going to look at it from the right and from the left. They're going to look at it from the legal and political perspectives. Every ideology and every thought will, mm-hmm. will be covered among the guests scheduled to appear, as they say, Eric. You have Rick Essenberg from the Wisconsin Law Institute of Law and Liberty. Bill McCosh and Joe Zapecki, you hear them all the time with uh, Stephen Sandy in the mornings. So they'll be well covered, and they're going to get into all of it. I think one of the things that uh, people continue to watch is what happens to the president's poll numbers now. The more he's been prosecuted, the higher his poll numbers have continued to go. Right? Does this send that in the different direction? Does it continue to send it in the direction that it's been trending? And And what does a poll number mean? Does that mean popularity? Does that mean people just know him more than the other candidates? I mean, all these polls are a little bit different, but either way, I mean, he is, it's not even close. I mean, it's not even close. So then how do you react to that if you are one of these candidates who is challenging him? Uh, by the way, there's been a couple of questions, Vince, about, so Georgia still hasn't come yet. Georgia still has its own state charges that it expects to file. Um, a lot of what's in the Georgia case are also part of this indictment in the Washington, D.C. federal case. So why are there going to be two cases separately tried separately? Well, the Loyola University professor, Lori Levinson, who's been talking about this with CBS, explains why that could be happening. People might wonder, why do you have both a federal charge against Donald Trump for election tampering in Georgia, plus the state charges? Keep in mind that if Donald Trump actually is elected president, he might try to pardon himself from the federal charges. He would not be able to pardon himself from any state charges. Special prosecutors trying to speed this up and get this trial going. Uh, We're hearing a mixed bag on that, on whether or not they'll be able to pull that off and get it before the election. Lots going on, of course, with other indictments and whatnot. But the judge could be open to that idea. Judge was appointed by uh, Obama and has already sentenced many uh, insurrectionists in uh, previous cases. And already that gives the ready-made defense for the former president to say, well, of course, what did you expect? Right. 857 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ Now with Stephen Sandy. They dedicate that full first hour to it next. Business headlines are coming up. They're sponsored by Old National Bank. Here's the Milwaukee Business Journal's Rich Kirchin. Striving to develop Wisconsin as a tech hub, UWM, Marquette, and Northwestern Mutual add $35 million to the NM Data Science Institute. The next focus includes artificial intelligence, behavioral economics, and financial literacy. The first in a series of projects starts that pave the way for expanding Freighter Hospital. Construction underway on a new parking structure west of the hospital at the Regional Medical Center. Technical Metal Specialties of New Berlin gets a new owner, DNS Manufacturing of Black River Falls, targets growth and doubling employment over to over 100. I'm Rich Kirchin with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.